This is exactly right. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. Scott, are you ready? Curdy B, let's do this thing. Here it is. I'm ready. Woman tries first proper meal after 23 years of only eating potato chips. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'm curious. You've piqued my interest. Let's get into a very salty episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownler. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. We have a wonderful guest today. Uh, Kurt, did you want to make any stand-up announcements before we get into our wonderful guest? I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> I had a hunch. June 17th, I'm in San Diego at the Soda Bar. Come on down. And then just added June 23rd, 24th, 25th, I'm at comedy on Maine uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Great. Um, so come on down there. And then, of course, Banana Boys will be in Asbury Park July 14th at Brooklyn, the Bell House, July 17th. And then uh, I might just have some dates in August and September for you, Scotty, like in Raleigh and Toronto, but I'm not going to drop those. Okay, yet. great. Okay, great. All right. Let's bring out our guest. Our guest today, mm-hmm. so funny, comedian, yes. actor, Boom. writer. Pow. She's been a writer on Big Mouth, Miracle Workers, and many more of your favorite shows. Mm -hmm. But the big announcement is that the second season of her show, Three Busy Debras, is out right now on Adult Swim and HBO Max. Please welcome Mitra Johari. Hello, Mitra. An enthusiastic, flawless, accurate intro. Kurt's really good at intros. You can tell he's done hot tub intros for 16 years. He's excellent at intros. You really are. Bananas. It's such a yeah. science. I'm really bad at introing. I always panic. I forget an important detail, and then I desperately look off into the wings and then run off the stage. I peak early in the podcast and then slowly go downwards. You know, so that yeah. is the intro is the best you're getting from me. As long as you're clear. <laughs> 
I have to say off the bat, I Mm. told Patrick this, one of the producers, produces the podcast. Um, Yes. I didn't know the proper title, but um, my sister, this is my sister's favorite podcast, my little sister. So this is so huge for me. Yes. She's always Nadia. Nadia. (laughs) She's always sending me stories from it. She loves the pod. So this is like, I mean, fun for many reasons for me, but also how often do you get to like flex on your little sister? And <laughs> so this is, I mean, huge. all the time, right? Don't you get to flex on a little sister a lot more often not, than an older sister? Not like, like not as often as I would like, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting the reaction that I got from telling her that I was doing this podcast very yes. often. You know what I mean? Also, she's an ambassador. Yes. <laughs> and so Nadia, this whole entire episode is dedicated to you. This is going to be the Nadia episode, even yes. though Mitra is the star in the spotlight on the episode. Oh, my God. We should call it the Nadia episode with Mitra Tahar. <laughs> Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would That's love that. Good. <laughs> we'll do it. Katie, write it down. N-A-D-J-A. happens. Oh, N-A-D-J-A. I wrote a movie, and I was in the background of a scene of Vanderpump Rules, and I got 50 more texts about being in the background of Vanderpump Rules than having a movie go international. People were, like, sending me screenshots. I was in the background of a birthday party wearing a crown, and... I would say 200 people total emailed, DM'd, or texted about me being in the background for 20 seconds of Vanderpump Rules 20 versus seconds? having a movie in theaters around the world. Do you know? And I was like, that's the world we Do live. you know what yeah. episode? It was Ariana's birthday. It was a birthday episode. She did a Kings and Queens type of thing. And then across the city, there's a character named like Stasi. A character, yes. Well, they, a real you know, life. I got to say. <laughs> And so I'm like, well, I was invited. That's how much you know it's not real because I don't know the character's name. But it was like, whoa, this is a rival birthday party. Very fun. You were, oh, time. you were at Stasi's or you were at? Uh, I was at Ariana's. Ariana's. That's great. Yeah. Okay, Ari- that's a better nice party person. to have gone to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So because I came up and Curdy B and I worked in New York a lot in reality TV, I understood what the producers were doing and where the cameras were going to move and how they're going to follow the action. So I just kept staying in the background way longer than like no matter where the camera was I'm like right back there yes how long ago is this four years ago I think oh four my god five years ago I just blazed through all of Vanderpump so you made the biggest mistake you could have possibly made by bringing Go it up back. to me <laughs> they're like why is this episode so popular <laughs> I just went to um uh sir and ate there. Um, oh, yeah. And um, Lisa's son was my server, and he walked over, and I was like, I, oh, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Immediately so starstruck <laughs> in a way that, like, like I, I don't know. I don't feel that way about really anyone, but the reality TV people, I've yeah. just, I feel like. Really? Yes. I love, mm-hmm. I watch all the Housewives. I watch Summer House. I watch Vanderpump. I watch it all. Mm-hmm. I love it all. And if it, I meet any of them, it's over. <laughs> That's great. I love Where, that. Did you keep it together? Did you keep it together with the sun? Well, every time I, he came over, I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll get the pump teeny. <laughs> <laughs> you Isn't know, I know. 
is it that they are their their character is supposed to be like based on who they actually are that makes it more exciting? Because when you see like an actor, you know, like oh, I love their character, but I don't necessarily know who they are. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Is it because of the connection between the character and that and the human being? Yes. I mean, I've been watching because of Be- Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've mm-hmm. been watching him grow up. <laughs> I've like watched yeah. like his whole aunt. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like wow, A creepy things- aunt just looking through the window. <laughs> The whole life. <laughs> Things really turned out okay for you, huh? Ooh, that mustache is coming in. Yeah. That's fantastic. See? It's a huge show. Huge franchise for a reason. It is. You but congrats on the movie, too. <laughs> uh, who cares? Honestly, who gives a flying F? It does not matter. All right. I'm going to tell you guys about this woman. Um, so this one comes in. This was sent in by Amanda Jean. Thank you so much. Uh, you can always send uh, your strange news stories that you find. Uh, DM us uh, on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is from Newsweek. This was written by Darko Manevsky yep. from Zanger News. We'll find all, out where Zanger News is All soon. real. Yep. All real. Darko is the best in the biz. Where Absolutely. Darko comes from, woman tries first proper meal after 23 years of eating only potato chips. Here it God. is. God. Yes. A woman who lived on a diet of cheese and onion-flavored potato chips. She's had to be fun to be around. Sandwiches for 23 years has finally eaten a proper meal after being hypnotized. Oh. Zoe Sadler, 25, of Coventry, England, has munched on Walker's potato chips in buttered white bread since she was a toddler. Oh, my God. Wow. She must have brittle bones. She scoffed two packs of her favorite potato chips every day. I don't know why I keep saying potato chips. I don't know either. <laughs> I like it, it's though. It's just the way I'm reading potato chips. All right. <laughs> potato chips. It's very cars. Tomato. <laughs> For more than two decades after other foods left her feeling physically sick, uh, there's a photograph of her. She has a an arm tattoo. She has an Apple Watch on. It's funny to wear an Apple Watch and track your health and then only eat potato chips. <laughs> yep, uh, still dying. Still dying. <laughs> Do you think fast heartbeat or a slow heartbeat? Oh, I'm saying fast from fast. all that salt. Rabbit, yeah, okay. Fast. My mom and dad say I tried other foods as a toddler, but I always turned my nose up or refused to put them in my mouth, she said. Sure, that's what kids do. You just keep yep. giving them other foods until they <laughs> eat them. Uh, as a father, I found that out. Apparently, the only thing my mom could get down me were potato chips, which I used to suck until they were soft. I remember being at school when I was little and having potato chip sandwiches in my lunchbox. They were the only thing I liked to eat. I usually okay. had a bowl of dry cereal for breakfast. Okay, so something oh, other than okay. potato chips. Well. And then a potato chip sandwich for lunch and another one for dinner. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd try other flavored chips because the texture wouldn't bother me. Christmas was always hard for me because I never want very much to eat. I'd be able to have a Yorkshire pudding, but never with gravy. Okay, so those were just random wow. quotes. This is the strangest written them. article. <laughs> um, and here is the kicker, of course. After developing multiple sclerosis three years ago, oh, Sadler decided to, to improve her health and turned to hypnotherapist David Kilmurray for help. After undergoing two two-hour hypnotherapy sessions, Sadler has been able to enjoy her first taste of fruits and vegetables alongside other foods. That's just um, huge. I can't this is believe huge. I can't believe how nice strawberries are. And I even tried 
a Wagamama chili squid. Which Get out of here. Really spicy. Wow. <laughs> right straight into the deep end. <laughs> That's right. I, it's probably a British thing. I've never heard of a Wagamama chili squid, <laughs> but I'm sure it's a place of something. Okay. I'm looking forward to trying curry and lots of other different food. Wow. Um, I think she can turn her whole life around. I bet this diet completely, she's 25, so yeah. she's still got exactly. a lot to go. Yeah, I when I heard 25, I was brilliant. so surprised. Good. good. There's so much time. There is so much time. I think, I mean, there's so many things I didn't start doing until my mid-30s health-wise. <laughs> and I think I'm doing okay. I just started going to the dentist again. <laughs> it's all, it's oh, all right. happening. The dentist is a huge one. Yes. I'll talk to, I will definitely talk to people who on, all, on the surface seem like a reasonable human being. And they're like, oh, I haven't been to the dentist in 10 years. That like, was me gonna... until a couple yeah. months ago. And I was like, enough's enough, babe. <laughs> was, was it a was... terrible first visit? Yeah, yes. Exactly. Oh my God, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> it's they really... shame you a little bit. They, they do. do. And, and I think actually I deserved it and it was good and it worked on me. And uh, I will not be that bad anymore. But I will say hearing this article, um, it sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just eat a family-sized bag of Master piece lays barbecue chips every single day for the rest of my life the thing that the thing that the problem with this article is Mm -hmm. that she's still alive and to me i go (laughs) so i can do that (laughs) and then you could do it for at least 23 years right before getting multiple sclerosis but i don't know i think multiple sclerosis is genetic i don't think it has to do with uh your diet so I think that Who was knows? just in her genes. Now I'm not a scientist, but yeah, we don't. We are not doctors. Are I I tend we to are... believe that it's not activated by eating chips. But I... <laughs> see, I go the other way. I, you could tell me anything that they got from only eating chips for 23 years, and I'd be like, makes sense to me. They're psychic now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Also. Uh, those chips are really good. I, I I ate so many bags of them the first time I went to the UK. I had a bag of them every day. Oh, the cheese <laughs> and onion ones? Yeah. Mm. I love a stinky chip. I love you know, a stinky chip. Have you mm-hmm. tried? There's a kettle. This is the best chip I've ever put in my mouth. I'm personally a big fan of Ruffles uh, sour cream or mm-hmm. cheddar cheddar and sour cream. Yeah, yes. they're real good. That's those a very, are very good, good. one. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, the uh, kettle farmhouse ranch has anyone had that chip now that chip, not horse that chip is a beautiful chip it's Ooh. a great chip i'm not even really a ranch girl and me neither i like those chips Ooh, it's such a good chip. uh but a, a lace there's nothing like a lace stink a lace sour cream and onion a lace mm-hmm. cheddar and sour cream that a lace, lace masterpiece stink. Uh, the lace stink you open the back <laughs> mm. oh nasty oh i would never <laughs> eat these uh, then that me? bag disappears <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me my parents used to have to hide the chips away from me really did you go through a high school phase where there was one food in high school that you were like well i eat this every single day after school i think it was the chips i'm a salty girl i love a a, and uh i mean uh, any like any sweet but i I, i'm uh, the salt i I really can't stop myself Mm mm-hmm I hear there it. was a dude that I went to high school with who was always sort of a little bit on the larger side. And then I came back from my freshman year of college and he had lost maybe 75 pounds, like a pretty significant weight loss. And I was like, dude, what did you do? This will date me a little bit, too. He's like, I started taking Trim Spa. 
And I was trim like, spa. you did? Trim spa. Trim spa. Remember Anna Nicole Smith used to do those commercials? Yes. They're like, trim spa, baby. Yes. It, it's like a diet pill. I yes. think there were no, their old version was closer to like speed, basically. Yes, it was, or like it was diet pill speed. speed. Yeah. Sure. I think they had to make some adjustments, It was possibly. like ephedrine. Yeah. Right. But then I talked to another friend. I was like, hey, good for that guy. Like he, I have, the only reason I'm not saying names also is like, good for him. It's amazing. But uh, I was like, that's pretty cool that trim spa helped him drop 75 pounds and my buddy was like he used to eat 100 pizza rolls a day (laughs) (laughs) and i was like what he goes they would buy bags at bj's market for and he would eat a bag of pizza rolls every single day i'm like oh so cutting that that seems like maybe the bigger indicator. Yes, I, we don't. We have not identified a clear control group here. That's right. yeah. <laughs> That's you know, right. it is easy to pound a hundred like those little Totino's pizza rolls. You mm-hmm. could, I could, I could. I mean, my friend had a party and she passed around a big bowl of those, and I was hitting that bowl oh, every hell. single time it came around. <laughs> and the bowl, la- the bowl stayed with me by the end of the night. <laughs> They're crazy good. They're crazy good. If something is made of chemicals and only chemicals. I love it. That is yep. my mm-hmm. favorite food group is chemical. <laughs> and the mass processed stuff has been taste tested by people everywhere. So yes. they're like, it's the science of making food undeniably great. And it's usually the stuff that's the worst for you. But it's like, yeah, there's a reason this stuff tastes amazing. They have people, a window comes up, they go, here's a plate. Do you like this one or this one more? And then they get to that pizza roll bowl. Like, you know, I like the one that's 100% palm oil a little bit better. <laughs> We we're now just pumping palm oil into people's stomach, and they're delighted. They're delighted. <laughs> give me, give me. I've give me, always give me. wanted that show too. I've always wanted to do a show that was just watching focus group testing. Like I would watch that the way that oh they have, God. like how it's yes. made. I want to see people try stuff and eat stuff. Like I just wanted people to be like, no, I hate this this fiery ranch, whatever. No, but this flaming hot way. I, like I would watch that as late night. I'm drunk and falling asleep. I would love to watch that show. Yes. Oh, I love that idea. I feel that way about setups for housewives. Like the 15 minutes before the woman asks the question of like, and why were you speaking with Terry about that or whatever? Like the whatever question the producer's telling her to get to, like the sort of 15 minutes of filler conversation of them being like, can you take that again? Actually, sorry, we didn't hear you say that or whatever. I want (laughs) to see that. (laughs) Yes. I would watch hours of that i feel and i could i because they're not actors and they're not writers <laughs> so like, <laughs> not at all they yeah. want to be led that's a big thing in reality tv is the producer stands off camera and there is an old thing when i used to work in reality basically you say to the person on screen just say something like my name is Mitra. I have a show on Adult Swim called Three Busy Debras. Just something like that. And that is word for word what you will say because the average person, especially when they're new to a reality series, is so nervous about getting it wrong that you can walk them into saying anything. Um, and then that's how they create conflict too because they could be like, my name is Mitra. Really? I'm kind of the best of the Debras. It should be one busy Debra. And the person, but you know, we'll talk about that later. And then the person will just say it. It's really fucked up you but really that's feel exactly it with the husbands the husbands yes. since they like they they usually haven't even watched the show so they're the ones right. who are really like 
so, Vanessa, I was thinking we should get dinner with Michael and <laughs> Ashley or whatever. And they're, not, they're, not even, yeah, they're not used to being on camera. They're very uncomfortable with it. Uh, eyes traveling all the way around the room, even though their wife is sitting directly in front of them. Yeah. Nine small dogs on the sofa between them for some reason. Always a dog taking somebody's attention away. I also want a two-hour I would go. I would pay money to see in theaters a full two hours of every single Real Housewives food order. To me, yep. nothing more <laughs> compelling. <laughs> How many substitutions are involved with each order? The substitutions oh, and just like, I want like a super cut of every time someone's been like, mm, I'll get the grilled chicken salad dressing on the side. Or like, just like <laughs> I think that's possible. That sounds like bonus footage. Now that everything's on streaming, it's like, do you want to stream 15 hours of them ordering at restaurants? You're like, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't know what plants are native to my area but I want to see 15 hours of women ordering salad with a dressing on the side and a glass of white wine chilled at 10 a.m. How long have you lived in Los Angeles? Um, like three years. Okay, so pretty new. The L.A. has, to your point, um, the food... It changes here faster than anywhere I've ever lived in my life. Like the trendy food, the new thing. Like, are you drinking aloe? Aloe's gone. Are you brushing your teeth with charcoal? That was four years ago. Are you doing it with coconut oil? And like now it's very like keto or keto or whatever it is or paleo. But it is, it would be fascinating to watch the old ones, like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever, the ones that have been on for a long time, and watch those orders change based on what the fad food or fad diet is of that moment because it goes very fast yes it does i just i always talk about this about when in the 90s the height of health food was an oat brand muffin just a 600 calorie (laughs) oat brand muffin yeah it was just cake it was just cake and they're just like we got to eat this this is obviously very healthy just rollerblading and eating an oat brand muffin you're gonna live for fucking ever in the 90s i was with my boyfriend and we we went to get coffee and i got like a little i what i thought was like a little breakfast treat and he was like just like your morning cake and i was like it's not cake it's it's for the morning it can't be cake if i'm eating it at breakfast i was like wow yeah i guess i am eating a fucking slice of cake and i never thought about it (laughs) yes i mean coffee shops are the biggest example that now they have the mushroom coffee uh the chaga or whatever but it's like and you know for a long time it was soy milk was enough then it was almond milk now it's oat milk i've heard banana milk's coming coconut milk yeah we it's just here we go. But yeah, I would love to watch a supercut of all of them ordering over 10 years and being like, <laughs> is somebody ordered exactly the same every single time? Probably. Ugh. Probably all Lisa. Right. Give us another one. The Australian Scanning. bartender, the Australian bartender who found an ATM glitch and blew $1.6 million. No. Yes. Oh, wow. So this was sent in by the wonderful Chelsea Pironi. Thank you, Chelsea Pironi. She seems like a very nice person. Uh, This was for (laughs) Vice Australia, written by the best in the business, Jack Dutton. Very Australian name. Sounds like the best in the business to me. This is a good one. And at some point, it becomes uh, an interview in Vice. So it's like Q&A. Then I'll just do the Dan stuff, I think. Um, Okay. Dan Saunders was out drinking in his hometown of Wangaratta. Or, oh, thank you. I think it's Wangaratta. Oh, I love uh, three hours north of Melbourne. 
when he stumbled upon a bank glitch that briefly made him rich. And not really briefly, it went for a while. He left the bar to get cash and discovered an ATM that was allowing him to withdraw way beyond his balance. Uh, After a bit of trial and error, the 29-year-old realized he had found a loophole and he just ran with it. And wouldn't you? Yeah. (laughs) In a bender that lasted five months... Dan managed just a well, yeah, spending bender, you oh, know, a spending bender. Okay, so he's I mean, not blackout he, drunk the whole time. Yeah, we'll get to he that. He was been. a little bit. Yeah, okay. he was a little bit. He threw lavish parties, chartered private jets, and oh paid off his friends' anniver- uh, university fees. Paid okay. off his friends' college tuition, basically, which is noble. Kick-ass. I love that. Fantastic. They're not going to come get that back until, <laughs> unsurprisingly, the cops caught up with them. So this is from Dan. This is Dan's mm-hmm. account now. Uh, well, I was out for the night trying to get a balance on my account, but it kept giving the message balance unavailable at this time. So I transferred $200 from my credit account to my savings and it said transaction canceled, spat out the card. I thought it was odd. So I tried to get $200 out of my savings account just to see what would happen. And it gave me the money. So I went to the bar and kept drinking. So basically it kept canceling transactions. And after he would do a transfer, it would say that transfer didn't happen, but the money would show up. Whoa. So he was always he was always transferring two hundred dollars from his checking to his savings. It wouldn't go through and then he would take it out of his savings anyway. Exactly. Okay. Immediately after. So he started playing around with it. He went to the same ATM. I transferred another two hundred and then got the money out after it was canceled. Then I did five hundred. Then I did six hundred just to see what would happen. I think it was a combination of being tipsy and bored, but I just pushed the envelope and tried it again and again. It felt like a magic trick. I mean, of <laughs> wow. course it was. Of course it did it but also in the morning i would have had a panic attack i would have woken up and be like if you don't have two hundred dollars and suddenly you've taken out two thousand dollars i would have been like i'm going to jail this, this is, is for me this happened to me this happened to me once in brooklyn in 2000 really in 2000 the year 2000 i was sick um and i was going to get money for some reason i was like staying home that day and uh, I tried to take $20 out because that is the amount that I would only take out. I would only take all $20 you out at a time. Yeah, smart. And it With just, the fees, smart. It just pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it just gave me $500. Oh, God. And I just was like, I had it in my hand. And I was like, uh, I just like took it home. And then I was like, what do I do? And I immediately bought uh, a Sony like uh, it was before PlayStation, whatever like the Sony video game system was before that. And I bought it, which was like $400 and then, and one game. And then I just sat home sick for the rest of the time and played that game. I think it was Sonic the Hedgehog. So it must've been Sega. Maybe it was a Sega game. Sega Genesis, sure. A Sega Genesis. I bought a Sega mm-hmm. Genesis with mm-hmm. it. That's uh, perfect. And I never got caught. Great nothing day. ever happened. It never came out of my account. Nothing. It was just magic money that existed Fantastic. free of charge. Fantastic. I love this. Here's where it goes insane. So the first day he spent $2,000. On the second day, he got nervous and transferred 4000 over to make sure his balance didn't stay negative. That transfer uh, did go through, but then reversed one day later. So basically, he figured out if he stayed ahead by reversing one transfer with another, you could trick the system into thinking you had millions. I later went to the bank who told me my balance was $1 million just from <laughs> transferring back and forth. It was numbers on a screen going back and forth like yo-yos. So, Vice asks, what's the first thing you spent the money on? First, I gave the missus $1,000 into our joint account. 
Then uh, could I give him more? Could I give him more? <laughs> the first thing I did was give one one hundredth of my money. <laughs> one thousand, right? A thousand? You have a million dollars? <laughs> I gave my wife a thousand dollars. Give me nothing, babe. <laughs> How about that? Will this shut you up about my giant fraud? Here's a thousand dollars, babe, in our joint account. Um... Then he went to the bar and bought a few rounds for everybody, which is very funny to do. Um, did I ever tell the story about when Kiefer Sutherland did that? I did, didn't I? No. Oh, when he walked in, wasted, and bought yeah. a round and then walked yes. out? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That happened to me one time, Mitra, at the uh, Frolic Room. I asked the bartender once, who's the best celebrity that comes in here? And he goes, easily Kiefer Sutherland. And then the next time I was in there, Porsche pulls up, Kiefer stumbles in, goes, around on me, boys. And then everybody got a drink and cheered, and then he got back out and just sped away you know, into the night. the whole point of having money. Yes, <laughs> right? That's that right. is so cool. Point. That is so cool. And you know uh, what? I bet he's a perfect person in every other way. <laughs> Historically. Not, not problematic in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I won't Google it. I don't care. <laughs> don't Google anybody anymore. Dude, ever. Don't ever. Um, so it felt very addictive to him. I'll jump ahead a little bit. But a lot of his friends said to me, you shouldn't be doing this. I don't want any part of this. But some of them didn't say that. Most of them were like, okay, you're the kind of guy who likes to ride this wave. So they were egging me on saying, like, let's go. We'll go on this ride with you. Um, and then basically he started to... It, mentally, it was kind of like crime and punishment. It, mentally, it started to weigh on him too much. Um, oh, interesting. So he never contacted the police. I just stopped doing the transfers and contacted the bank in, years later. They told me, this is a police matter, and we can't talk to you. They will contact you. You're in a lot of trouble. And that was it. All I was going to say is that I had $80,000 in a Hilton laundry bag, and you're welcome to come here and take it. So he was just printing money at this point. Oh, my God. Um, so... In a Hilton laundry bag? I love that. so specific. Spend a little money. Get yourself a cute little purse, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for once. You deserve it. You're working hard. A little bit. Get your Kate Spade. Uh, I thought it was going to get totally reamed, but the court... So he eventually did turn himself in again. Uh, the court was weird because no one actually understood what I had done. Not the judge, <laughs> not the prosecutor. So it was very odd. There were so many blank looks. The bank provided minimal evidence. So it really was just a case of bad Dan. Here's a small whack on the wrist. And that's it. I pleaded guilty, got one year of prison for $1.6 million. Uh, and allowed, but I was allowed out on an 18 month community corrections order. So basically, Whoa. yeah. Whoa. Worth it. Love it. Um, <laughs> Australia is the land of the free, man. <laughs> and again, don't look that up. <laughs> yeah, don't Google it. We're just making huge assumptions that are probably going to blow up in our face. And the last thing he says is the Vice interviewer said, what has it been like going back to working in a bar, earning 22 bucks an hour after being an instant millionaire? And Dan said, I learned that faced with temptation, it's easy to lose yourself. I felt like Macaulay Coughlin in Home Alone too. What? Like one minute you're hot, the other you're not. And the next uh, becomes a bit hard to take. There was definitely a hangover time when I thought, geez, Maybe I should have just gone to Spain after all. So I think he kind of regrets not doing bigger swings. But uh, he had a really fun run. 15 months of just going hard on free money with his friends. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I love it. 
I love it too. That's ever happened to me. Uh, one time, I this isn't this isn't a bit reminded me of this was a uh, I went to get a sandwich at the bodega near my place. Sounds fun. Um, it was so fun. Can't recommend it enough. <laughs> um, this, it was so fucking awesome. And uh, the woman <laughs> had something was like wrong with the card reader, so she had to manually enter my total, which was like eight dollars which like i had eight dollars in my account but i really didn't have a lot more than that and she did like the a big gasp and started to cry and she was like really i just charged you eight hundred dollars and i was oh, like oh no what <laughs> how is that possible and then we both kind of cried and then like we both started laughing because it was so <laughs> stupid <laughs> would you like 100 more of those sandwiches right now <laughs> how hungry are you girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> You have eight. So what happened? Friends. How did it, did it just not go through? It, well, it went through, which was crazy because the money was not there, and yeah. uh, it she re- she refunded the money, and then I got a bunch of free stuff every time she was in there because she felt uh, so right. bad. <laughs> nice. For not long enough, though, I think, given the the turmoil. <laughs> yeah, no joke. And that was probably when there was still like overdraft fees and shit, which is so criminal. Yeah, it was. That rotten. was the worst. That used to screw me over so much. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Here, we want the money that you don't have. We're going to take more. We're going to take more of it. Yeah, one um, time I went to uh, lunch with this woman, at, and it was like at, in, around that same time, and I, I thought it was like a cool meeting where she was going to buy me lunch, and oh boy. then it wasn't. And I, I was what sort was of, it? What was it? Like it was, I guess she just thought we were like hanging out, but I was like, oh. we're not, we're not, we're not hanging out. You're not my friend. And, <laughs> um, but I, I was like, once I realized that that was what was happening, I sort of like went into the bathroom to collect myself. I was like, all right, we're going in the red. That's fine. Like you chose to come here. You thought you were getting a good free lunch, but you chose to come here. And I found a hundred dollars on the floor of the bathroom. There no, you go. really? It was, I mean, and, it, you know, probably somebody was really missing that $100, but I did not think about it for one I second. I don't know. I picked I it up. It that person was using that to do cocaine, and it <laughs> fell know. out of their goddamn pocket. Let's party. It was a crisp hundo. And I was like, you know what? This is as close to divine intervention as I'm going to get. I'm picking up the hundo. I'm spending it on the meal. End of story. And it was oh, incredible. Great. It was oh, incredible. That's a great one. <laughs> All right, you want, us te- want me to tease us into a break here? More than anything in my whole life. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Here's my question for you guys. Okay. Uh, do you want... Let dolphin, me decide. Dolphin news or salmon news? <laughs> <laughs> um, salmon. Salmon news. Great call. All right, here it is. <laughs> Taiwanese people stuck with the name Salmon after sushi promotion. Katie, did we do this one? We did it the original time when, okay, when people cool. were naming themselves Salmon. Oh, now, that's right. And this is the, the follow-up. This is the fallout of people naming themselves Salmon. Oh, I can't okay. wait to understand what this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> and Katie, keep that, that, that clarification in. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, we'll be back with some uh, fishy bananas. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Folks, we are back with bananas. Scotty, anything? Before I got we get some back? now. I got yeah. some again. Bananas. We're so sorry. We're not doing birthday shoutouts anymore. But if you send us sort of bananas esque, kind of strange and unpredicted, unexpected bananas, we will shout you out. For example, Kelsey wants to shout out Danica and Bob who are moving to Guam. Nice. I've never heard of anybody moving to Guam before. I love that. Um, good luck out there, Danik and Bob. I think they have snakes that climb fences there or something like that. So good luck. Ooh. Here's another sort of bananas one. Mm-hmm. Happy anti and uh, anniversary to Evan from Abby. They broke up on their third anniversary, but remain friends. So they're coming up on their anniversary. Oh, that's great. Very mature of them. Yeah. Good for you too. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Um, Mallory just wants to shout out Ty. He's the kindest person in the world. Oh, there it That's, is. That must be nice. Maybe he laid that hundred down for you, Mitra, when he <laughs> saw you getting screwed by the manager who should have paid for it. Um, and here's two more. Oh, one is from the zoo, Kurt. We got an email today from yes, the zoo. From the Baltimore Zoo. When we say the zoo, there's only one the zoo, and it's the Baltimore <laughs> Zoo, folks. Baltimore Zoo uh, on June 24th for our Baltimore Bananimals, and we have a lot of them. There's an event hosted by Kiss Tomorrow Hello. Uh, it's called The Night Brunch. Um, you can go to thenightbrunch.com. And it, it is um, an event I'm guessing series. it's a brunch at night at the zoo. That's what I'm thinking, too. <laughs> Get and an omelet is kid with friendly, a monkey. Kurt. Oh, nice. So if it's not a night you. brunch, the, I don't know what to tell you. We are, of course, here with Mitra Johari. Uh, Mitra, so the second season of Three Busy Debras yes. is out right now. Congratulations. I got to catch a, uh, a marathon of the first season on Adult Swim because I was watching terrestrial TV in a hotel room and I was like, I kept it on for hours. It was fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So tell us about second season. Give us a little tease. Give us a little tease. Well, second season finds us back in Lemon Curd with the three (laughs) busy Debras. (laughs) Tell us, tell people about what the show is in case they have not even seen three busy Debras. So three busy Debras is about three women who are all named Deborah and they're very, very busy in their (laughs) cul-de-sac of... (laughs) In their imaginary town of Lemon Curd, um, Connecticut. And it's not. Connecticut. It's just. It's anywhere. It's anywhere. Oh, okay. okay, I thought um, it was Connecticut. It's everywhere. And um, they get into. Uh, they every day they start with brunch and they get into trouble uh, around their hometown of Lemon Curd. Um, so. You know, season one saw the naturally occurring ATM in the town that grows out of the ground erupting yes. for the first time. So kind of topical. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Second season um, was just really exciting. We were like, 
doing a lot of new jobs for the first time. Um, I ran the writer's room this season. And Alyssa, thank you. Very cool. It was very cool. Alyssa, so like our art department leader, like did basically was like the visual voice of the show. Sandy directed. And then we like got to bring back a bunch of local actors we love from season one and like friends to be in it and friends to yeah. write on it. And it just felt like... Um, I was so proud of season one and then I felt like even more excited about season two. We just learned so much and it's really just, um, I'm being so serious talking about it and it really is just the dumbest thing that's ever been made. Silly <laughs> it's a silly fun show. But it also has such a, 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 a thought out and beautiful aesthetic to it as well and it all yep. comes from, I remember seeing the first short that you guys did together and I remember that before you had the TV show, I loved it so much. Thank you. And I remember just sharing and telling everybody they had to watch it. Mm-hmm. Where, when you guys shot that, who like so who directed it? Like, how did that all come together to have it be so? Because for people who haven't seen it, it's it's incredible. It's all white. Everything is white. Everything is very stylized. It's in this like almost white psych world. Yeah, yeah. Um, deranged Stepford wife world in yes. a way. Yeah. Yeah. And where did that all come from? I mean, when we first started working together, we accidentally we did we did like an improv jam thing at UCB East, and we all accidentally named every character Deborah, and we were talking about how busy we all were. I mean, that's um, funny. And that was the first night we ever met, and uh, or like that we all three hung out as a group, <laughs> oh, and then wow. we got asked to do this like ten minute play um, at the Annoyance Theater in New York, mm-hmm. uh, which is now cool. closed. Um, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, we were trying to write something else, and then we just kept being like, oh, so fun being those like horrible little women and what if we wrote wrote it down and then yeah it was like um the simplicity of the the short is mostly just because there was no money to make it um but we were like we wanted to still feel super stylized so you know like sandy made sugar glass like we all like it was all very like sandy um, made that sugar glass i think so there was like wow. i think there was i if i remember remembering it might have even it might have been Alyssa though so um don't yeah, come for me were, there's so <laughs> many Deborah's. <laughs> you so were just many. eating you guys were just eating broken glass right like <laughs> yeah. on very nice fine fine white china yes <laughs> i know so rotten of me to forget a prop that was made seven years ago but i <laughs> it was, it was definitely not me that made it um but <laughs> um and then yeah making the, sh- the we did a for like an hour-long play that ran for a long time and then adapting it to tv was so exciting because like we had never had a budget like that before and like yeah. you know we want we knew we wanted a room that was all white but like filling it in with all of these like you know, white and cream and gray and like light yellow and all this stuff, like watching our production designer work to make this space that felt like what we made in those videos, but was like such a like intensely elevated version of it, but still Mm -hmm. felt true to the play that was very bare bones um, by necessity um, was really cool. Like everybody in Seattle where we shoot it, like so got it and was so funny and like added so much comedy to it and like the it was just, like the most fun of it was like doing show and tells with like every department and being like oh my god this is like <laughs> you part. read the Isn't script and then so this fun. is what yeah. you did that is exciting <laughs> especially because then you realize like oh there's all these artists on you know like everybody is an artist if you allow them to have the freedom to like actually use their mind to make something better yes and that's why the second season was so much fun because when we first did when we did the first season we were meeting all of those people for the first time so it was like 
obviously this amazing, pleasant surprise. And we knew that everybody was so talented, but like you yeah. never, you just never know how people are going to react to what's mm-hmm. in front of them. And then everybody was so awesome. So the second season we were like, okay, we know we have this amazing crew. Let's just give them this and see what they do with it because it'll probably yeah, be awesome. And same with the, yeah. the cast in Seattle. Like there's this amazing local theater scene that we had no idea about because we had never been to Seattle before. Yeah. And we got to, especially in the second season, because of COVID shutting down so many productions, which is sad, but for us, it meant that we got to work with like all these people that were like Broadway actors and like, you know, fly them into the sky dressed as a Cockney woman or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow, that's great. There's this amazing <laughs> actress named Anne Allgood who like is legit a former Broadway actor and is like the star of the Seattle theater scene. And she plays a Cockney woman in the first episode of the <laughs> second season. And she's just talking about how she wants to eat me cookie the whole time. And she was like <laughs> approaching it with such like joy and integrity. Robitas. And it's like, yeah, I exactly. can't believe that we are she's shooting her up on eat- a rig. <laughs> she wants to keep saying, I want to eat me cookie. Well, there's a milk shortage in town and she's really concerned. Her big line is, how am I supposed to eat me cookie? <laughs> People are losing their shit because there's no milk. They're hoarding it. It's wonderful. Oh, it's so it's so like great. Fury Road. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations. So hard to get anything on the air, let alone to get a seat. Season, let it alone to get two seasons. So congratulations! Thank you. Do you want to animals? You can sandwich? watch the whole yes. both seasons in on Adult Swim or HBO Max streaming, which is why I would. And you can binge it because they're like twelve minute episodes. You yeah. can binge both seasons in under two hours. So I know, you know, isn't it crazy to spend so much time making something and be like, hmm, two hours, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that ruined my life for a little while. <laughs> wow, definitely ate up years of my precious time on planet Earth. <laughs> Are we doing some salmon names, Curdy B? Here it is, yes. Taiwanese people stuck with name salmon after sushi promotion. <laughs> this is in The Guardian. Uh, this was written by uh, Helen Davidson and Chi Huin Lin in Taipei. Uh, here it is. Taiwanese parliamentarians have debated changing legal limits on name changes after some of the hundreds of people who legally altered their name to salmon in return for free sushi reportedly became stuck with it. Um, as we have covered before in March 2021, restaurant chain Sushiru ran a promotion offering free all-you-can-eat sushi for a whole table to anyone with the Chinese character for salmon. Yes. Wii U in their name. In what was later dubbed Salmon Chaos, 331 people took part, <laughs> paying a nominal administration fee to legally call themselves names, including Salmon Dream and Dancing Salmon. Uh, at the time, the government was critical of the promotion, asking people to be rational and complaining that the stunt created pointless extra work for Taiwan's paperwork-heavy bureaucracy. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> some participants built social media followings off the inter- international media attention, while others ran small businesses, taking friends to the restaurants for a fee. It's so Is it good. Um, like free salmon for life or free sushi for life? Or? It's free sushi for like the, the period of the that, that was oh, running. But you period. could go in as many times as you wanted and Got it's your it. whole table is free salmon. It's hmm. free sushi. Not 331 enough, okay. salmon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, here it is. Once the two day promotion ended. Two oh, days? Yeah, two days. No. Uh, hey, free salmon's free salmon. <laughs> Most return to their normal names, but more than one year on, have some some have hit a roadblock. The government only allows people to change their name three times. So apparently, changing your name multiple times in Taiwan is pretty common. I guess pretty cool too. I'm um, into it. Yeah, 
Uh, on Thursday, legislators in Taiwan's national parliament debated proposed amendments to the names ordinance. Well, well, well. well with well, members well. from both the government and opposition parties calling for changes to help those stuck as salmons or to prevent another salmon chaos. Quote, after the salmon chaos incident, some people had already changed their name three times and now have no way to change them back, <laughs> said new power party legislator <laughs> Chi Xin. Chu Chi suggesting other measures included fee changes and cooling off periods. Other legislators from both the governing Democratic, uh, Democratic Party, Pro Progress Party, and Maine opposition Kaomintang called for it to be made more difficult. Wow, they're make, trying to make it more difficult. Our trust in civic rationality is too low, said legislator Quan B. Yeah. Opposing an, incre an increase to restrictions as an intrusion into people's daily lives. On Taiwanese social media, residents were scathing of debates. Say adults should be more responsible. And this was waste a waste of the legislature's time. How can we amend the law for all those who sell their personality for the sake of benefits? Said one commenter. Wow. Be responsible for your own life, salmons. <laughs> be responsible for your own life salmons and that I, is how that ends i'm always saying that I, it's a classic i have it as a tattoo <laughs> across my chest be responsible for your life salmons <laughs> that's what i say to the atlantic salmon in my freezer right now <laughs> well, well, I sure have i talked on the podcast yet about my my tattoo idea what no oh so I want to get a tattoo that okay. says, uh, this is temporary <laughs> on my oh, you arm. you did. You did I did this. talk about it? Okay. Yes. So if there's anyone in Los Angeles who is a tattoo artist, I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, this will be my only tattoo. <laughs> I think someone in LA is probably a tattoo artist. <laughs> I don't we know. a lot. I'm not sure if there are any tattoo artists in Los Angeles County. I know it's rare. <laughs> I feel like there are uh, like if 19 tattoo animals... artists on my soccer team. Please <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> get in touch with me. DM us. Um, and let's do it. Let's do it. I want to do it. This is temporary. Where do you want it? On uh, my arm so I can read it. I love that. Yeah. We did talk about that. What, may, I think we did talk about it in the pod. And if not, we talked about it driving to our Vancouver show. And we were like, yeah, and that you could even have the temporary fading away. You could say yes. this is temporary. So it does, you know, it's a reminder yeah, yeah, yeah. to live every day to the bananas fullest. I get mm -hmm. it. Poetic. That's great. We brought that story up because Karen Kilgariff, one of our benevolent overlords, has a salmon tattoo. And she told yes. that story on our one-year anniversary, I think, which is fantastic. That's right. She yes. does have a salmon tattoo. I love that also. I love a tattoo. Choice. I love a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, there Do you have any tattoos? I have exactly. a big floral tattoo on my arm. Okay. Nice. Where and on your arm? On like the forearm It's kind part? of on the back of... Here, I can show you. Here. The audio, audio medium, everyone's going to love this. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and now Mitra is pulling her arm out from her oh, sweatshirt. Oh, that's, that's pretty. beautiful. That's really nice. Thank you. Very but I want nice. my whole like uh, upper arm. So it's the okay. start of a, a, of oh, nice. a, big, a big thing. Um, Perfect for my industry. <laughs> my wife's friend recommended to her to not get her first tattoo somewhere where she looks every day. Oh, interesting. Does that, so you're, that's not somewhere you look every day. So Was not on your forehead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or not on my, you know, I wanted to get it on my forearm facing me. So it would be somewhere that I look all the time. And her suggestion was against that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Mitra? I think that's, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like, uh, I don't feel strongly about that. I think that's kind of okay. interesting advice, though, because I do think I would probably be looking at it obsessively if it was on the front of my arm. So mm-hmm. I think it's smart because <laughs> okay. I was kind of monitoring it obsessively after I got it being like, it, is this like, am I rotting? And so I think in the immediate aftermath, it's pretty nice to not right. be able to see it. <laughs> All right. Hopefully I haven't talked about that on the pod before because there's a ch- like at this point, I don't know what we've talked about and what we haven't talked about. Yeah, uh, so we've we done so many episodes. Hey, it's going to happen. No, Deal with happen. it. But also it's it, progress. Now you're you're making the moves to make it happen. <laughs> and yes, the, exactly. the listeners will be so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. I love that tattoo. It's funny too cuz tattoos, I think you're going to open the dam. It seems like you get one and then you just start getting more. It seems like one is the breaking the seal and then it's like here comes the flood. Interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll That's see. That's what I've been told. All right. I feel that way. It didn't really because I, I I had wanted one for so long and I've always wanted my like whole up, upper half of my arm tattooed and I was like I'll do this chunk and you know then if I if I don't like it I can stop there and it's like not at all I can't wait to get back in that chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> nice, um, Scotty. Send us home with one. I'll send us with a short one that I found while doing something that I still do on occasion, which is just go onto Wikipedia and just search for random word combinations. Mm, I love that. So I'm going to tell you, too, about Staff Sergeant Reckless. Ooh, okay. Staff Sergeant Reckless uh, was a decorated war horse who held the official rank, uh, who held an official rank in the United States military. Uh, she was a mayor of Mongolian horse breeding. And was purchased in 1952 for $250 from a Korean stable boy in Seoul at a racetrack uh, so that that boy could buy an artificial leg for his sister. So already, bananas start to Staff Sergeant Reckless. Okay, so uh, that's where he was sold. He was sold by the boy to buy an uh, artificial leg. leg for his sister. Great. Very grim, Grimm's fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, Reckless was bought by members of the United States Marine Corps who trained her to be a pack horse for the Recoilless Rifle Platoon, which was an anti-tank company. She quickly became part of the unit and was allowed to roam freely through the camp, entering Marines' tents whenever she wanted. She would sleep with them on cold nights. She was also known for her willingness to eat nearly anything, including... What year is this? What year is this? 1952. Okay, that makes a little more sense. She quickly became part of the unit, slept uh, in their tents with them, and was known for her willingness to eat nearly anything, including an entire tray of scrambled eggs, beer, Coca-Cola, and once $30 worth of poker chips. Oh, yeah. yes. And the, <laughs> Hungry this, girl. And the animal was also known as explosive diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reckless part. <laughs> Staff Sergeant Reckless served on in numerous combat actions during the Korean War, carrying supplies and ammunition, and was used to evacuate the wounded. Learning each supply route after only a couple trips, she often traveled to deliver supplies by herself without any handlers. And the highlight of her nine-month military career came on March 1953 during the Battle of Outpost Vegas when in a single day she made 51 solo trips to resupply multiple frontline units and was wounded in combat twice. She was given the battlefield, this is a horse I'm talking about, was given the battlefield rank of corporal and then promoted to sergeant in 1957. After several months, the war finally ended. She became the first horse in the Marine Corps known to have participated in an amphibious landing. So just imagine a horse running off a boat through the ocean onto the shore. 
Um, the file after the war, uh, Staff Sergeant Reckless. <laughs> was awarded two Purple Hearts, a Marine Corps Good Conduct Medal, and was included uh, with the Presidential Unit Citation from two different countries. She as ate well those as awards, too? She ate them awards. <laughs> Y'all ain't shit. Uh, her wartime service record was featured in the Saturday Evening Post, and Life Magazine recognized her as one of one, uh, America's 100 all-time war heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be 100 best animals. <laughs> yep. Yeah, not coolest horses. <laughs> <laughs> she graced this inaugural Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition cover. <laughs> Honestly, now we are talking. Get American Pharaoh in a bikini. I'm laughing out America loud. turned on her when she posed for Playboy. <laughs> yes, she needed the money. Uh, she was uh, made many television appearances and was a part of the United States Marine Corps birthday ball. I mean, this wow. horse really lived a life. Then she gave birth to four foals at Camp Pendleton, uh, and the statue of her has been dedicated. So I got to go see this. It's in Quantico, <laughs> Virginia, on July 26, 2013, the National Museum of the Marine Corps. They made a statue for Staff Sergeant Reckless. So if anybody lives nearby, go take a pic. Bananas in the wild. We love when you go do stuff. This will be the only statue that doesn't have someone sitting on top of the horse. It's just a horse by itself. Just it's a not horse dude on horse. Eating scrambled eggs and poker chips. So anyways, <laughs> banana of the week goes to Staff Sergeant Reckless, Beautiful. a war horse and hero. Amen. Oh, and Love equally her. a hero in our hearts and minds, Mitra Johari. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> Our favorite horse, Mitra Jahari. <laughs> uh, anything other than uh, Three Busy Debras that Walk you away. want to plug? Oh, um, my sister, Nadia, and my brother, Aria, who this is not his favorite podcast, but I just Tough feel duties. like I have to reference him, too. <laughs> We've given is Nadia so older much air time. Also younger. He's the youngest. Okay. Um, so you're eldest, I see. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just really want to plug my brother and sister. <laughs> I love that. That's Nobody's done that yet. We've done 100 plus episodes. Nobody's giving a flying fart about their siblings. So well, good for you. <laughs> Horses love their siblings, and that is a fact. That's (laughs) right. Nadia, this episode was for you. (laughs) Thank you, Nadia, for listening. Uh, Mitra, thank you for being here. Everyone go watch Three Busy Debras right now on HBO Max. Uh, Bye. 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 Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.